Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CONCACAF Champions League Review Show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this special edition once again of the Forestines Fire American Soccer Show, the 2023 CONCACAF Champions League semifinals first leg review show. Ladies and gentlemen, got to tell you all, these two matches have been unbelievable. They have been exciting to watch. They've been a lot of fun to watch. And you know what else has been fantastic? Getting more information coming about for the 2024 edition of the CONCACAF Champions League when we expand the entire competition. Now, for those of you wondering what is going to happen now, as you all saw and probably read many, many months ago, probably, think it was probably a year ago, I think, when um, Victor Montagliani, the president of CONCACAF, informed all of us of the expansion of the CONCACAF Champions League, where now we're going to have a first round expanding the field of this tournament into multiple rounds now, including with having um, two new tournaments to select those respective teams who will advance to the first round and who will go automatically into the round of 16. Now, once again, um, here is how it's going to work. With the Central American Cup, there will be four, four groups of five. Four groups of five battling for two spots each into the quarterfinals. And then the, all these games, it's going to be two home and two on the road. And one team will have a buy uh, per match week. So at least, or at least per match week round. So it's going to be interesting to see what will happen. It's going to be fun to see how it's going to happen. And then, of course, the top two in each group will go into the quarterfinals. And then those quarterfinal winners will go into the semifinals. And then uh, the, the next two will go into the final. Now, once again, it's going to be the champion of the Central American Cup will go to the round of 16, and then the semifinal losers will also advance into the first round along with the runner-up in the final. And then the two winners of the play-in games that will also advance into the first round. So that is excellent. And, of course, not all the spots are confirmed. There's still at least two more spots to be uh, decided who will be selected from, of course, the seven countries involving those Central American teams, or as that particular group is called, UNCAF, United Nations of Central American Football, so, or the Unification Nations, the Unified Nations of Central American Football. So that, my friends, is something uh, really cool to see, uh, really fun to notice. And once again, um, this, for the path of 2024, is going to be a lot of fun. So that is in the Central America Cup. And once again, that will be uh, the champion of the Belize League to qualify into this tournament. For Costa Rica, the Apertura champion, Clausura champion, and the next best club in the standings uh, between the two seasons. Same thing for El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Panama. Only Nicaragua will only have the Apertura champion and the Clausura champion going into the tournament. And once again, there's still two more spots to be given or CONCACAF uh, is going to find, you know, they're going to work this out and how it's going to do it. And once again, the champion goes to the round of 16, the runners up, the loser, uh, the losing semifinalists and the two play in winners will advance to the opening round, the brand new opening round. Now for the Caribbean, once again, it's going to be um, 
the same thing, only there will be two different ways of going in there. And one is, of course, uh, these are the leagues from these countries, the, obviously Dominican Republic, Haiti, Jamaica, and Trinidad Tobago, fins of their league and the runners up of that league will be going ahead. But for Dominican Republic, for Dominican Republic will be the champion of the league and the next best club. And then, of course, two more positions will be filled in due to the Caribbean Shield that continues on here, the Caribbean, uh, the Caribbean Cup Shield, uh, Club Shield, I should say, uh, which will be a part of that. And those two will advance into the tournament. Two groups of five. Top two will automatically go into the semifinals. And then from the semifinals, will be a third-place match. So then the champion of the Caribbean Cup will go to the first round. The runner-up in that championship final and the third-place finisher will begin in the first round. Now, for of course, that is going to be something wonderful. And once again, uh, for the North Zone, which, of course, is Canada, the United States, and Mexico, meeting MLS for both the U.S. and Canada, the Canadian Premier League, of course, in Canada, and Liga MX, that, my friends, is what um, we're going to see. And, of course, let's not forget League's Cup now, which I've still been against. I'm still against it, but no matter what, it's going to happen, so there's nothing you can do about it. But here is who will qualify. Through the Canadian Premier League, the Canadian Premier League winner and the regular season winner, considered to be equal to the supporter shield of MLS, they will advance into the first round. For Liga Mex, the top champion in either the Apertura or Clausura will go to the round of 16. The second best Apertura or Clausura champion will go into uh, the first round along with the Clausura runner-up, the Apertura runner-up, and the two next best clubs. In Major League Soccer, of course, MLS Cup bins will go to the round of 16. The Supporters' Shield winner will now begin in the first round. The opposite conference winner, whoever wins the Eastern Conference in the regular season, or the Western Conference in the regular season, who are not the Supporters' Shield winners, uh, will also go to the first round. And the two next best clubs in the Supporters' Shield uh, rankings, uh, or in the standings, of each conference. In the Canadian Championship, the, the champion will advance to the opening round. And with the U.S. Open Cup, the U.S. Open Cup champion will also enter the first round. And now League's Cup, which will begin as a, an official competition this year, the champion will go into the round of 16. Meanwhile, the runner-up and the best third-place finisher will advance to the first round. Now, as you know very well, from what I've informed all of you, regardless of League's Cup, honestly, farce. I think it's a sham. I think it's really a sad note to see this competition being used and being considered legal through CONCACAF because of its being forced into the ecosystem of CONCACAF club tournaments to, or those club places to be given to going into a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League. Personally, how do I feel about that situation? Well, I think those three spots could have been a lot better. I felt that uh, the runners, uh, the runner-up in the Canadian Championship Final, as well as the U.S. Open Cup Final, should get two of those three spots. And with the Copa Mexico played, in Liga MX, or at least in the, by the FMF, they brought back the Copa Mexico, or the Copa MX. I felt that spot, the third and final spot, should go to the winner. So that way, you will see at least an attempt for three to six, maybe even more, you never know, Canadian clubs going into the Open Cup. You have at least seven clubs in MLS 
or even below, depending if a USL club can uh, make a big run and get to the final and win it, or even just making the final to go into the CONCACAF Champions League. I mean, I think that's a great idea, if that would ever happen. And then, of course, and, and in for Canada, as I've said already, you already have the possibility of three to six teams advancing, and you have the Liga MX six to seven to ten of their clubs, you know, through Copa Mexico and League's Cup. Well, then again, if you get rid of League's Cup, then it'd be like at least seven clubs going into uh, the CONCACAF Champions League to begin the first round of games. Once again, it's just, I, I just feel like League's Cup is interfering with the brand new edition of the CONCACAF Champions League. I really believe it is just a waste of a tournament. Some will say, no, it's not, but in reality, it is. And I really, really think, and I really, really believe that if we can really get this right, if CONCACAF can just come out of, you know, just, just, just step up and just go to MLS and tell them, even Liga MX, and just tell them both, I'm sorry, gentlemen, we have decided to make your league's competition null and void. What we think you should do for U.S. soccer, give us a second open cup spot for the, fir- for, uh, the first round. Canada, Can- Canadian Soccer Association, CSA, we want to give you another spot for your Canadian championship. Liga Emekis, or at least the FMF, we're here to inform you that we want the Copa Mexico to get a spot, the champion of the Copa Mexico, to get a spot in this CONCACAF Champions League. Because to me, these are tournaments that are established. These are tournaments that mean a lot to not, you know, not just uh, Americans for the Open Cup, Canadians for the Canadian Championship, but also for Mexicans who, who are enjoying the Copa Mexico. Because these tournaments mean something. They mean a lot to all of us. And if we can get this opportunity for these domestic club competitions, domestic club cup competitions, if we can get something like that, involved with these new positions in the CONCACAF Champions League, personally believe that it would be a lot better. I personally believe it would be easier and we wouldn't have any issues going forward whatsoever. But once again, uh, it's not just myself that feels like this. There are others that I talk to um, that have said that this is a farce. It, it's not a, it, this, this, this league's cup is just, it, this should never have happened. It's a big farce. But unfortunately, MLS continues to force in or shoehorn in the USA Mexico rivalry in the club stage, in the club uh, competitions internationally and trying to be better than CONCACAF. And the truth is they should not be. Allow CONCACAF, just allow CONCACAF to create another tournament, just like what Europe does with Europa League, like they do with the CONCACAF Champions League, what CONMEBOL does for Copa Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana. CONCACAF should just bring back the CONCACAF League and just make it another tournament for MLS teams, Liga MX teams, Canadian teams, and other teams that wants to participate in a secondary tournament that would mean something to at least get a spot, if possible, for the CONCACAF Champions League for next year, for next year's edition. Other than that, I have no issues. Other than that, that's the only uh, situation that, like I've said, I think needs to happen. And until then, we'll have to wait and see. But once again, this is uh, just my opinion. I'd like to think uh, my opinion is shared with everybody else's opinion. 
and that we can go forward and uh, find a way to hopefully one day get this done and make sure, make sure that we have, uh, you know, the proper teams qualifying for the proper spots in the CONCACAF Champions League. Please record your message. So we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. But other than that, uh, we are awaiting, of course, my first guest tonight, Matt Ralph from Philadelphia Soccer Now. As we get ready for this CONCACAF Champions League and, you know, As we get ready to talk about one of the two semifinals, this was honestly, I think, probably the best semifinal I've ever seen in this CONCACAF Champions League. Actually, both semifinals have been fantastic. Of course, the MLS bracket, the uh, Liga MX bracket, it was unbelievable watching what we are watching as we're waiting for Philadelphia Soccer Now's Matt Ralph to join me. To talk about this this big time semifinal, and all you can say is the action just was simply fantastic. When you get these two teams battling each other out in the regular season, sadly only you know once every few couple of years, unless they face each other in the MLS Cup final, which they did last year unless they battle each other out, you know, in the CONCACAF Champions League, which is what they did in this one. It's two legs. I'm telling you right now, this was absolutely fantastic. Because you got a lot from last year's MLS Cup Championship Final. You got a lot from last year's MLS Cup Championship Final. And boy, oh boy, this first leg semifinal in the CONCACAF Champions League did not disappoint. It just did not disappoint. What action we had back and forth, each side with chances back and forth, even though it looked like there could have been goals, wiped out with offside. And unfortunately for them, it just did not happen. But in reality, it did happen. And it was just unreal. Unreal what we were watching, what we were seeing. And it's just been absolutely a fun time to get ready for these games in the CONCACAF Champions League. Join me right now, Philadelphia Soccer Now, Matt Ralph. Matt, um, I know it's a 1-1 draw. And it's only been the first 90 minutes, but even you would have to say from a Philadelphia side, I know a little disappointing uh, giving up the away goal, but still, though, this was a hell of a first leg. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you're playing in your home stadium. You want to have a respectable, you know, uh, showing, and I think they they did that, obviously, yeah, the, the, the late goal kind of hurt, but, um, you know, I think a 0-0 probably would have been preferred. But, you know, I think they, they held their own for sure, and they limited LASC's chances, which which was, you know, something they that no one's really done this year. So, um, you know, they came in, you know, first leg 3-0, 3-0. So I think for the union to keep them, you know, keep them at bay as long as they did, you know, it kind of required – it kind of took a little bit of a, you know – uh, an unfortunate series of events on a deflection, deflected clearance to lead to their one goal. So, um, yeah, uh, very, you know, very solid showing for them, um, you know, and they, they, they kind of get the gift for the goal uh, with the, with the elbow, the chicken wing, but, you know, but, but well-played game. And, you know, I think, like I said, probably would prefer the zero zero, but a one, one is, is perfectly fine. Cause you know, the union know how to score more than one goal in a game in LA, they've done it more than once. So uh, I think they're, they're, they're in pretty good shape right now. Let me ask you this. What was the feeling around Subaru Park? Because obviously, you know, last year's MLS Cup final, you know, one and done, 
you know, everyone's all jacked up, ready to go. They're, everyone's excited, getting ready to try and win a championship. This, these are the games where in this round you're trying to get to the final. What was the feeling around Subaru Park? Was there a little angst, uh, excitement? a little bit of nervousness. What was the, what was the temperature you took from Subaru park uh, on uh, Wednesday night? Uh, unfortunately I wasn't at the stadium on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, I was watching from home, but I mean, I can say from just conversations, you know, I've had and picking up on online, you know, there's you know, generally, I think people were happy with, like I said, they were happy that, you know, they limited LAFC as, as well as they did. I mean, they've, They've struggled uh, a lot in the league play, and I think, you know, they got a good win against Toronto um, where, you know, they kind of set things a little bit, you know, a little bit right with that. And so I think the performance generally, uh, Union fans were were pleased with that. Obviously pretty upset with the the late goal giving that up because, you know, that is an away goal, and that's a big deal as long as the game is low scoring in LAFC in Los Angeles. Obviously, if there's multiple goals scored, it no longer matters. But, um, but yeah, I, I think generally, you know, Union fans are pretty positive about where things are at because they know that this team can beat LFC. I mean, they haven't technically beaten them, but they know that they can play with them and hang with them, and it, it's going to be uh, potentially, you know, you know, a shootout in, in, in Los Angeles, and I think that actually favors the union. I mean, another three, three or two, two and the union are through. Absolutely. And that's the big thing right there is that away goals is still important in CONCACAF club competitions here. Um, what was your opinion of Ur and Carranza being up top? Because uh, I thought Ur had a, a very, very solid match, even though he got subbed out. Uh, Mikhail Ur got subbed out. I, I, I thought he had a really good, solid match up top of Carranza. Yeah, I mean, the the storyline of Ua not finishing games is, is sort of an ongoing thing. Um, he, you know, he does, you know, he is obviously he's their top DP, their highest paid DP, um, you know, or I guess he's still highest paid. But anyway, he's the, the most they've ever spent on a player, we'll say that, uh, to bring him in um, when they did. But yeah, I mean, he had he had an excellent game. You know, you, you sort of, you know, comparing – I don't know, like you compare John McCarthy to, to Sean Johnson. Uh, he scores on Sean Johnson on that breakaway. John McCarthy, I think his touch takes him a little bit to the left, so it gives McCarthy a, a, a better shot than he gave Johnson. But, no, an excellent game. I mean, he does a lot of things to really disrupt teams, and he can make, you know, he can make good back lines look, you know, mediocre and just his ability – his, his his pace, his ability to get behind the defense, and just his, you know, just the many facets of the game. I mean, I think he's a smart player. Uh, you know, like any striker, he goes through, you know, streaks where he's, you know, maybe not maybe not finishing goals he, he would normally finish. Uh, is the same way. Uh, you know, Carranza has been, you know, was a little quieter than he has been in the in the Champions League, but still he does so much off the ball that's so important to this team. You know, just his ability to, to, to pressure, the uh, pressure of the back line, and to play defense. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's 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 really the whole package as far as um, forwards go, and both of them really are. And you know, they're they're really going to need them to to kind of both have big games, I think. And if they can each get a goal again, that would that would be huge in, in Los Angeles. Really, yep, absolutely. Um, as always, you know, feel about Andre Blake. I think he's just a sensational goalkeeper. I, I just think he's flawless. I mean, look, he'll give up goals. We all know that. Goalkeepers, you know, even the best in the world has have given up goals, like, you know, that, you know, which were too very good not to stop. But still, though, I, I thought his positioning once again was very, very high. Uh, footwork is unbelievable. Andre I, I, to me, it just feels like you get you're facing LAFC all the time, and it feels like you get snake bit every uh, every game he plays against them. I, I don't know is uh, is LAFC Andre Blake's kryptonite right now? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not sure. I mean, he had a great game. You know, there was that that weird chance there for uh, for Buanga that 
he does well to to, to stop. Um, I mean, that was just kind of a strange, you know, the the ball gets through, you know, in the form that Belong is in, you, you think he's going to blast that pot by Blake. He doesn't. He doesn't get a good hit on it. But Blake, again, like you said, his body control and his ability to to just make saves, um, you know, is, is really second to none and, and probably the continent at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I got to give Jim Curtin a lot of credit. He gave, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not expecting a game plan against one guy. You have to game plan against everybody. But, I mean, down long after the torch start he's, he's had in this Champions League, away at um, Aloenza, and then away in Vancouver, six goals already for him, five, six goals already for him in CONCACAF Champions League play. I mean, it's amazing that he didn't even get a goal against you guys. I mean, that was really great job by Jim Curtin to game plan against him as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, Baizo, you know, Baizo has been a player who you, you don't always know. <laughs> yeah, he can be a little bit of an adventure at times out there, but he had he had an incredible game, and you know that's what you that's what you want out of him. To Cameron International, so um, yeah, you know, just not not a lot you can really um, negative but to, to say about the Union the way they played. I mean, they like you said, they they show up to play LAFC, and sometimes I think maybe the league, uh, you know, sort of, you know, I don't want to say they overrate LAFC because they're they're a really good team, but I know that sometimes it feels like when LAFC and the Union play as they did in the MLS Cup, like the the, the, the Union get a little bit, you know, un, uh, overshadowed. And I think they yet again prove that they are a team that's one of the top teams, in the certainly in the league, and, and, and one of the teams, you know, one of the top four teams now at this point in, in CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, I agree with you there. And it's going to be great to see what's going to happen now in the second league. Now, I don't want to – I'm not here to – spook you or, or invoke boogeyman uh, tales towards you, but um, I, I, the, the stadium formerly known as Bank of California Stadium, now BMO Stadium, uh, was where MLS Cup final is, and that's the same place you're going to have to go to in this second leg against LAFC at their place. Um, g- give me a heads up, Matt. Give me your gut feeling here. I mean, are you feel like you're going to get those necessary away goals to trump LAFC. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. I'm going two two. I, I think it's going to be another crazy game in LA. Uh, you know, it's MLS after dark or Concacaf after dark, whatever you want to call it. You know, I think it's going to be one of those games where both both teams maybe are going to be shaky at times. But I think ultimately, if if the Union can limit LAFC again and get a couple goals, then then they're through. Why do I have a funny feeling you're give Weeby food or at least fodder to do MLS after dark? Why why am I not surprised Weeby's gonna pull something like this? I don't know. I you're gonna give him an idea here, Matt. You, he better pay you for it if you are if he's gonna take that from you. Yeah, that that, that one's free. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can't do that. You can't give anything away for free. You've got to get money, man. Get money for that. It's your idea. You should get credit. You should get paid by Weeby for it. Period. Look at look what they got over there now, you know, in, in Manhattan. Come on. That studio, big freaking screen behind them to do that freaking every time podcast. If anyone wants or should pay you for your idea to use for an MLS Extra Time show, for gosh darn it, it's got to be Weeby to pay you. Or hometown discounts, because we're both from Kansas, so there we go. Oh, all right, all right, fine, fine, whatever you want. You It's your call, you go ahead. I'm in your corner, though. I am in your corner. Matt, listen, thanks again. I will talk to you next week, uh, next Friday, uh, after this uh, second leg semifinal week, next week. And good luck with the Union in the regular, in the MLS season and in the Champions League. Thanks, Daniel. Always a pleasure. 
All right, thanks a lot. Once again, that's Matt Ralph from Philadelphia Soccer Now joining me uh, to talk about the Philadelphia Union side of the uh, semifinal matchup as we are getting ready now to talk about the uh, LAFC side of things. And once again, we are just waiting on the one and only the, into my mind, the best lady fan of LAFC, of course, the one and only Aracela Villanueva of the heart of LAFC podcast. Araceli, welcome back. Um, great match against Philadelphia. And boy, oh boy, Kellen Acosta comes up at the right place at the right time to get that huge equalizer and that huge away goal. Thank you again for having me back on. And, yes, I mean, the match itself, I have to admit, it it was a little stoic in the beginning, a little, I I guess you could say boring, for lack of better terms, because you could especially tell that both sides were trying to find their footing. But especially at the end of the match, I mean, it it couldn't have ended in a better way. And now they get to move the battle to Los Angeles. Exactly. And, you know, I I was just telling Matt, who covers the union for Philadelphia soccer now, I mean, I thought this was a cracking match. I thought both sides gave it their all. I thought both sides were just, you know, trading blows, you know, battling each other out. And that's what you want to see. And I I really thought that while the result, I guess, look, the result is even, obviously, but I thought the action was 100% fantastic. Oh, no, absolutely. I definitely agree that the action was fantastic. But, again, you know, at least to me, it felt like that there were certain moments where you you could just kind of tell that the clubs were maybe not only finding their footing but trying to, you know, <clears throat> ooh, excuse me, get the pace of the game going. But either way, I mean, there was from both sides and especially, you know, on the LAFC side with, uh, McCarthy and his save, who who really kept LAFC in the match for most of the game. So, I I mean, it, in a sense, it's kind of one of those matchups that we kind of expected, especially with last week. You know, we were talking like with storylines, and some people viewing this as maybe the MLS Cup rematch. And I did see that same energy. No, absolutely. And all I can tell you is that um, I thought the energy was great. I, I thought John McCarthy was pretty good in goal. I mean, there's nothing you can do about the penalty. Uh, VR reviewed it. As you said, uh, it was a chicken. It was basically an elbow or popping up a little bit to unfortunately touch the ball. And uh, the VR got a better angle at it to call it a penalty. Uh, but I thought John McCarthy had another Excellent match for LAFC, and he does it in his hometown, actually, in the Philadelphia area. Oh, he did, and that's something that's been very impressed with McCarthy's performance, you know, this season thus far with all competitions, and to see him give that type of performance in his hometown, I'm sure it was very uh, a very humbling experience to him, but for us, it's, it's starting to create that debate now of when Max is healthy enough to return to the starting lineup, does he get his starting spot back? Is McCarthy in in goal for the rest of the season? So, I mean, obviously we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but I've been very impressed with McCarthy. Yep, me too. I mean, he's always been, let's put it this way, he's always been a pain in the the side for uh, many, many oppositions, including my team when he was uh, filling in whenever Andre Blake was hurt or uh, was not able to finish a game or at least play in a game. So, and especially those open cup games, he's been really, really solid for them uh, back when he was playing for the union. Um, You know, this is the first time, and I'm not, you know, uh, for analyzing here, obviously, you know, Danny Bolonga has been a house of fire for LAFC this year, especially in Champions League play. 
he didn't get it. He didn't get a single goal in the uh, first leg in the semifinals away from uh, BMO Stadium. I know it's not a great concern, but how frustrating was it not to have Bawanga at least convert a chance in that first leg? It wasn't necessarily concerning. Obviously, I think it's gotten to a point where it's become a little bit more of an expectation from him, given um, how he has scored so many goals in the last uh, couple of matches. But, I mean, hey, it's going to happen. There's going to be games where he scores, and there's going to be games where he doesn't. And given this one, obviously, you know, we would have loved to watch him score a goal, you know, to help, um, especially with the away goal. But I'm not too concerned about it, honestly. That's good. I'm glad to hear that because, like I said before, you know, uh, he's had a great start this season. He's done very well um, in the uh, Champions League so far. But once again, um, you know, a little bit difficult to see uh, him not uh, scoring a goal, which I thought he was going to. But what are you going to do? Jim Curtin is just a solid uh, head coach, just like Steve Terundolo has been. What do you think about Terundolo's demeanor in this match? Because obviously, you know, you got to score as many goals as possible to make sure that, you know, uh, you have an advantage going into the next leg uh, at home. I think when it comes to Terundolo, he's always been that type of coach where he doesn't really express as often. You'll see him emote every now and then on the sidelines. But with this match especially, I think this is the most animated I've ever seen him in the past year and a half, and which is very telling because it, it, you could just tell the type of stress that he's been under and to watch him express his emotions, not only with the penalty and with the equalizer, it, it kind of, I don't know, I, it, it, in a weird way, it gives you a sense of relief that he is, you know, the average LESC fan, but when you see those emotions, it, it's definitely um, warming in a sense. No, it really is, and uh, it's just wonderful to see him putting all that effort into this CONCACAF Champions League, not saying you're forsaking the league, but, you know, there's a title that's up for grabs, and uh, right now, 90 minutes away, uh, hopefully, from moving on into the finals and we'll see what happens here. Um, so obviously Vela uh, didn't really, you know, played as much as he could, obviously. And um, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where he just, uh, you know, look, this is the semifinals, obviously it's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher as the uh, season goes, especially in a tournament like this, we've seen it in any Champions League, whether it be UEFA, Copa Libertadores, anything and everything. Um, in your mind, I don't think the stress or, or worries getting to them, are they? I don't think the stress is necessarily getting to them as possible fatigue, considering they are playing a mix a very heavy schedule, especially for the last month or so, because a a good example of that is even for this upcoming Saturday, they were supposed to be uh, given the short windows between the first and the second leg. MLS did move their match, so they would be able to have more of a breathing room, more time to prepare to host uh, Philadelphia on Tuesday. So I think in a way that they, as of right now, from what I can tell, they are definitely very focused on CCL, making that run to the final and getting the job done this time around. Yeah, very true. And hopefully we'll see what's going to happen when we get to the, um, the final here, because obviously either Philadelphia or LAFC will be representing the league automatically in the championship finals and that'll be end of uh, May, beginning of June. So we'll see what happens then, but it should be a lot of fun and it should be exciting to see what, what's going to be uh, going on over there. Um, 
Obviously, Araceli, as we've already said, the second leg will be at BMO Stadium in downtown Los Angeles. And in your mind, as you know, it's not just winning the games. It's about scoring as many goals as possible. And as of right now, LAFC is on the advantage on the away goals, one nothing. And we all saw, I know you saw it, I saw it, everybody saw it across America and around the world, the craziness of the, L, of the MLS Cup final last year between these two teams. What does LAFC need to do to score many goals but prevent the union from at least getting more than one away goal? Because if, they, if it's a draw of any kind or a loss, LAFC is out. What is the concern here that you see? And what is the advantage you also see for LAFC against Philadelphia? I think the concern it would be for any other match. It's just making sure that the players are healthy because even before this match, there was question marks surrounding Chiellini and Tillman in regards to the health of they would be able to even perform in Philadelphia. And thankfully, they were able to. Granted, it was limited minutes, but seeing them on the field, there was an automatic change or a, a, a shift, I should say, in the way LEFC performed in the second half. So I would, my hope would be that given not only would they have home field advantage, but now that they they have more time to recover in a way that we will see players like Kaolini and Tillman back into starting along with Ilya and Bawanga and Bella and so on. And just as long as they can, like, go out there, get on the counter early, just start creating chances, try to tie down Philadelphia as much as they can. Hopefully they can get the results that they're looking for because I know that, and even you have already said it here, that that's definitely been kind of the the headline is, you know, not only the MLS Cup rematch, but just a good look at two very strong sides because not only, you know, LAFC, it's looking like they're back at full strength. So is Philadelphia in their own respects, especially with having Bedoya return to the lineup, which they did not have in the MLS Cup. And looking at the first leg, having Bedoya definitely helped give Philly that advantage. So now back in Los Angeles, I do see a similar style in the sense of the MLS Cup, but definitely a much stronger fight. So just to throw this at you, and obviously he's no longer on the club, even though he, he helped LAFC get the, uh, the MLS Cup championship last year. What do you make about Gareth Bale being asked by both Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney to uh, come out of retirement to join Wrexham for next year? <laughs> I think that's hilarious, to be honest. I mean, when it comes to Bale, we both know, you know, he, he can't put the golf club down. But anything that's, like, related to Rexham, I, I mean, hey, give all credit to Ryan Reynolds and McClaney for what they've done with that club. It, they've definitely turned it into the club to watch. But the whole Bale thing, in my own personal opinion, I don't see him returning to the field anytime soon. I agree with you there. I think he's officially done, uh, but it was a nice gesture. But we'll see what happens. Araceli, as always, thank you for joining me tonight. I'll talk to you next week after the second leg. Thank you again, and uh, have a good evening, and I'll talk to you next week. For having me on. Well, thank you for taking the invitation. All right. Araceli Villanueva, part of LAFC podcast, as they are going to get ready after this upcoming weekend in the league. Actually, they're not going to be playing in the league this weekend. They're going to take a break. Obviously, the league's going to help them out with that one, as they will uh, be ready for the second leg at home against the Philadelphia Union this coming Tuesday. Joining me right now, of course, he covers League MX. For FMF State of Minds, SB Nation, as well as the Foot Mexico with the podcast, Total Mexico. Uh, you could probably help me out with that one, Eugene. But this is Eugene Rapinski joining me tonight. <laughs> what is that podcast again that you do? 
So I do our football podcast, which uh, concentrates on the Yemeki Femenil. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, we thank you. As we, anyway, uh, first leg between Club Leon and Tigris. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Leon came to play. I, I look, I know they're down two one in this one, but Victor Davila in the sixth minute probably put a huge scare into everyone at the Universitario Stadium. And it it had to take a big, big moment towards the back end of the opening half for Tigris to come back and to come out of nowhere to take that lead on aggregate. Yeah, I think Leon kind of executed their their plan perfectly. I think they knew they were kind of up against it. Uh, We've seen how critical an away goal can be in these series. Uh, you know, so it was smash and grab. It was go, go out and, uh, you know, try and grab a goal and, uh, you know, put Tigres on the on the uh, back foot uh, early on and, you know, make them kind of chase the game for a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think Leon got about as good a result as they could have hoped for. Um, you know, obviously they would have wanted to get a draw or even, um, you know, come away with, with a win from that. But, uh, getting a goal, you know, away, having, um, you know, the series be just, you know, trailing one goal and having that uh, that away goal is huge heading back uh, to Lyon. Absolutely. I, I want to ask your opinion, obviously, because the camera shots were all over the Tigris technical area for Robert Dante Siboldi. What do you think was going through his mind through that entire opening half, uh, seeing <laughs> – not only having Leon scoring so early in the match, but, I mean, how animated did he look? I mean, because every time there was a goal scored, I mean, he was very animated. He stood up there like, like, like he was a captain barking orders at his sailors to get out of the freaking storm. <laughs> I mean, it looked like me. He was really barking orders, and he looked really concerned about what was going on out on the pitch. Yeah, Sivold, that's kind of that's how he does. Um, you know, I think... He's starting to feel the pressure. I think Tigres isn't having the season domestically that they thought they were going to have. They're currently in seventh place. Um, you know, they are most likely uh, not going to make the Ligia directly. They'll have to play in the Repechaje. Think of, a, you know, a wild card round, if you will. Uh, that's really good for them. You know, they kind of expect to be there. They expect to be in the Ligia, and uh, the fans are kind of disappointed with that. Um, and I think once he saw the, the you know, the, the team go down in the sixth minute, it was a, a real kind of uh-oh moment. So, you know, he wanted to take charge. Luckily, I think Tigres got kind of back on it. They, they were able to, to get the two goals right before the, the half. I, I was a little surprised they weren't able to get more, to be honest. I thought I thought once they had gotten the first goal that they really looked more in control, especially when they came out in the second half. Um, so Savoldi was probably disappointed about that as well. But, you know, um, he can take heart that his squad was able to come back after – a not very good start and uh, come away taking a lead uh, to Leon. Uh, I have to give Sebastian Cordova credit for getting that equalizer in the final minute of regulation time in the first half. Uh, big moment there, I guess more relief than every, anything. And then when you get inside second half stoppage, I mean, excuse me, first half stoppage time, Luis Quinones, I think he just came out of nowhere and just buried that ball. I made it 2-1, and, you know, obviously the celebrations were going on all over the Stadio Universitario. Yeah, Cordova was a special player. Um, you know, I think anybody who's watched the league for, for the past couple of years knows what he's capable of. Um, you know, a young guy, he uh, moved from America, what, a season ago or two seasons ago, something like that. Um, yeah, he is, he is going to be – I mean, he's already a, one of the best uh, in, in the league – and I could easily see him going abroad uh, for a lot of money. 
Um, you know, so it's kind of it's kind of what he does. You know, he's a big moment player. He's a special player, and uh, Leon, I think. Well, everybody really kind of has to respect that, right? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, they have to. Um, what is going on with Andre Pierre Ginoc? I mean, look, I, I'm not saying I'm doubting him or anything like that, but um, he, I, I expect him to score. I really do expect him to score goals. And it, 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 I, I don't know if there's an injury. I don't think there is. Maybe he snake bit this season. Like you said, they're seventh. It just doesn't sound like he is himself right now. What do you think the problem is with Andre Pierre Gina? Oh, you know, it's, I've I've been consistently wrong about Gignac, so I might not be the I might not be the right guy to ask about uh, him. I think he he's had a decent-ish season in the league. I mean, he's got seven goals in thirteen games. Um, you know, that's 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 okay for him. Uh, you know, but I I don't know. I think I think he might still want to try and take the entire team on his back. And while he can still do that, I don't think he necessarily needs to do that all the time. You know what I mean? So I think he's trying to do a little bit too much when he could probably just take it down a notch and let some things kind of happen around him and be a little bit more opportunistic. But, you know, when you're in that moment, it's, it's you know, I, I need to go, I need to help my team, I need to score, I need to, you know, do all these things. And I think he might be putting a little bit too much pressure on himself, but you know, if there's one thing that we've uh, seen uh, from Gignac throughout his career, at least in, in Mexico, is that when it counts the most, he shows up. That's very true. And I think, that, uh, to be honest with you, I- I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for him to show up. I'm waiting for him to show up and just bury some balls into the back of the net. So we'll see what happens there. Now, towards the Club Leon side, if I can ask you this. Um Nicholas Larkamon, if I pronounce that correctly, please let me know if I did or not. Uh, you did great. Do, do you think he's changed their fortunes a bit? I mean, I haven't looked at the Liga MX table. I mean, are we in the Apertura season right now or in the Clausura season right now for Liga MX? We're in the Clausura. So what do you think he has done differently, Leon? that maybe past managers has not? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think he's willing to change things up if things aren't working out. I think some of the past managers were kind of stuck with, okay, well, we're going to do this, and it's either going to work or it's not going to work, where – I think La Carmone is a little bit more willing to change, willing to experiment, willing to kind of trust in the players to kind of go out and make things happen, if that makes sense. I may not be putting that in, in, in the best, uh, most understandable way, but uh, you know, I think before it was pretty rigid and, and what they expected players to do, and um, it, it either worked or it didn't. And La Carmone has that kind of sensibility to go, okay, well, this isn't working, you know, mid-game and switch things up completely different and, and have that kind of flexibility. And I think the players have that flexibility under him. Uh, they know that he trusts them. And he, you know, he just kind of has this energy around him that uh, we're just going to try stuff and something's bound to work out. And uh, I think the players really buy into that, which is, which is huge, as you know. Because, like I've said, you know, we've joked around about Club Leon so many times about their uh, their <laughs> unfortunate moments in the CONCACAF Champions League, obviously. And uh, to me, it just feels like it sounds like he's righted the ship tremendously. And as you said, uh, I, like, I, you know, it, it just feels like they're cha- they've changed. I think they've changed their philosophy. I think they've changed how they want to play. I think they just changed everything up and down on this roster, or at least how to get more confidence into uh, these players. And I think they're executing well. And, but the big question is, can they knock down the mighty Tigris? That's the question. Cause now they got to go home with an away goal advantage. Can they prevent Tigris from scoring an away goal or at least making an advantage on aggregate? 
Can they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think Lark Amon is one of the better coaches in the league. He's certainly one of the ones who has that kind of, uh, I guess, spark. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's just there's kind of something about him when you watch his teams where you go, okay, this is different. This is fun. This is exciting. I mean, it was kind of the same thing when he was managing Puebla, who were, you know, prior to him, not really good. Uh, you know, so watching him come in and, and take that squad and turn it around, kind of do the same thing with Leon. I mean, yeah, they're only a year and a half removed from winning the the championship, but, um, you know, after they won that and uh, Nacho and Breeze left, they, they kind of were just not not that good, and he's kind of given them that spark. Yeah, you know, like, I think they can do it. I think Tigres, though, I mean, this one's, this one's going to be tough. It's, their, Tigres is so tough. Tigres is really, I think, banking on winning this. I think they are more interested in Champions League than they are the league at this point, simply because I think they see the path is that much easier. And they remember going to, what was it, UAE, I think it was uh, a couple of years ago when, when, they, uh, when they went uh, to the Club World Cup and how much that uh, really kind of raised their profile internationally. So I think they have their eyes on that prize. I think Leon, um, you know, they, they really want to just give a good account of themselves. And, uh, you know, they played, uh, what was it, Wednesday, I think it was. They're playing again tomorrow, at, or I'm sorry, Sunday, in Leon They'll, for, for league. They're going to play again, what, Wednesday, I think it is, in Leon again for Champions League, and then there's the possibility they may meet up again in the Repechaje, that wild card uh, round that we talked about, because this is the final week of Liga Mekki. So we may see these two teams playing a lot of each other, and when you play a team three, four times in a row over the course of a week, a week and a half, you can kind of figure out what they do, what they're doing, and, and counter that. Um, you know, so I think. Pretty much every other matchup, this one's going to be that much different because of that. You can just kind of throw everything out the window because of that and, and watch this one. So what are we going to expect in that second leg? What is your opinion overall? What do you think we're going to see? Does Tigris pull it out once again, or does Leon actually make an upset here? What do I think we're going to see? I think we're going to see chaos. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, man, I, I hate making predictions. <laughs> I think Tigres is going to do it. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to come right down to the wire. Uh, but I think Tigres will pull it out. I think, you know, this this may be one of the ones that goes to penalties or something. Um, I just I see this one being just a long, drawn-out, bloody affair. Uh, where just wild things are going to happen, uh, just because, like I said, they they you know it will be the third time that they played each other in a, in a week, and they're looking to possibly play one another again later in the week. So, um, you know, we will see. I just I just predict the unpredictable will happen. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to get very as usual uh, the unpredictability of the Liga MX. <laughs> Aka Cap champions, like especially with Leon now, because uh, to me this is the furthest they've gone since I've been watching them getting, in, you know, involved in Champions League play when they qualify for it. So we'll see what happens there. But always, Eugene, thank you very much. I'll talk to you again next week, and uh, talk good. to you on. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Eugene Rapinski from FMF State of Mind of SB Nation as we talk about Liga MX teams in the CONCACAF Champions League in the semifinal first leg. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the schedule for next week coming up, which will be the beginning of May, which will be on Tuesday night, May the 2nd, and Wednesday night, May the 3rd. Both matches will be on live on Fox Sports 1. At te- Both games start at 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. LAFC will host the Philadelphia Union at BMO Stadium on Tuesday, May the 2nd. And then on Wednesday, May the 3rd, 
Club Leon will be hosting Tigres at the Estadio Leon, also 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific on Wednesday, May 3rd. Once again, both matches will be on Fox Sports 1. This is going to be uh, exciting. Cannot wait to see who will represent Major League Soccer and who will represent Liga MX in the 2023 CONCACAF Champions League final. Once again, both final, both legs of the final (coughs) will be available for all of us May 31st and June the 4th. That is the available date of both legs. Maybe it'll be a single leg. We'll have to wait and see. I think it'll be a single leg, but we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen when we get there. But obviously, it's going to be a lot of fun, and that will uh, be played once again the finals uh, end of May, beginning of June, either on, well, the first match will be on the 31st of May. Uh, If it is two legs, first match will be on the 31st of May, and the second leg will be uh, June the 4th on a Sunday night. So we'll see what happens or it'll be somewhere in between those two days. So we'll find out once we get confirmation themselves. I want to thank my guests tonight, as always, Matt Ralph from Philadelphia Soccer Now, Araceli Villanueva from the Heart of LAC podcast, and, of course, Eugene Rapinski, FMF State of Mind. This is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me this coming Monday night for U.S. Open Cup Round 3 Review Show. It should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to me tonight. Take care. And as always, please enjoy your football. As we talked about the first leg review of the semifinals of the 2023 CONCACAF Champions League. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. As always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now.